0: Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, we have got a superstar. We got Lolita Guarín. I have worked on that name for at least five minutes, and I'm still butchering it, but uh, I appreciate you, Lolita. She is uh, she's an author. She is a stress management expert. She's an empowerment speaker. If, uh, if you're looking to get your hair on fire today, you are in the right place. She's gonna do it for you. She's got so much, so many good nuggets to share. Thanks for joining us, little lady.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. We are gonna do our best to crush you for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then we're gonna kick you loose. That's uh, great. <laughs> hey, so you you do have a really cool story. You were originally from Lithuania, and then you came to the states, and you got here, and I've I've kind of read up and, and uh, done my homework on you a little bit. It sounds like you you got here. And one of the things you realized, you knew it before, but you realized it even more. It was like a highlighter got put over the top. It was the important importance of relationships. You know, you you missed your family. You re- you recognized how much you missed them, and they end up joining you. Where do, on the topic of relationships, if you had to put a percentage on it. What percentage of our struggles in life can be directed directly back to relationships?
1: I would say it's 100% relationships. Mm-hmm. Because when we are born, we depend on the group that we're in. We depend on the, the teachers, the siblings, the parents, the grandparents, the group, that the community that's actually going to help you to grow. And I think all the childhood traumas really comes from there as well, because we when we are born, our number one thing is survival. So we kind of learn pretty quick that I need to cry and I'm gonna get fed or I have to please my parents so they feed me. So then, you well, know, then, then I don't die. Um, when we grow up, we get into more bigger groups. And then also it becomes uh, very important for us to understand where are we in the group and are we uh, inside the group per se let's say there's a, a classmates, right? You always want to be included in the group. And if somebody is talking behind your back, you immediately feel insecure. You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die because they're gonna kick me out of the group. We Pretty much go into the ice age brain, you know, thinking sure. it's cold outside. If you're gonna kick me out of the cave, I won't survive by myself because that's how it used to be. Right. So I would say the relationships is 100% because this is from the day one, you know, you really need relationships. You need to take care of your relationships and um that's and we all humankind we depend on each other and there there are people who say oh you know this pandemic i'm just loving it i'm living by myself i don't have to see anybody and i'm thinking i will see how long that will last because even if you're a person that you think i'm an introvert i don't need other people i hate other people but guess what you still need the food to be brought to your door right the guy that's gonna come and deliver your lunch today guess what it's still the part of the group so I think without the group, we'll
0: die. Right. That is, that is awesome. Wow. hundred percent. That's strong. We always talk about how 90% of all relationships are uh, terminated because of communication or lack thereof. Either you're, you're really, you do it and you're really bad at it or you just don't do it at all. Would you say that's on par with what you talk to your clients about communication?
1: Yes. Number one, of course, communication. But first, you have to also be very honest with yourself. And that is communication with yourself. A lot of times, as, as you know, I just said, we, you, we grow up, Of um, we learn how to think. We learn from others how, how we behave. The others tell us, no, it's not cold inside. If you say, oh, I'm cold. No, you're not cold. It's like, okay, I'm not cold. So, you know, the relationships, the communications really determine a lot who you are as a person. And um, I seen people, as everyone has, you know, people come into your life and they go, and you think, oh, you know, that was a good friend, you know, but I I guess we we just did something happened there, and we just kind of lost touch, and now it's not my friend anymore. And then you feel, oh, oh, it's kind of maybe I did something wrong. I learned by now that we all have people coming and leaving into your life to teach you something else, and I think we all need to understand that, you know, there's plenty of efficiency as if we all in the sea, and we're all gathering together, and we have to learn from each other, so if there's a person that comes to your life, and you learn something, and they, they leave, or you leave them, and you're like, you know, that's the, still the part of the game, and we learn something, and right. we all mingle, and, and go here and there, another thing is about the relationships, if you don't know how to com- communicate right, and you know, nobody taught you when you were a, a kid and I wish there would be a class in school how to communicate like, really, right? Like next to finances, how to manage your money. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. And then we will, we'll be so much better of communicating with ourselves. We will not be afraid to express ourselves. And and then that will be any relationship that we have, the work relationship between business partners, between the customers, the, of course, the romantic relationship, spouses, parents, siblings, any relationship. If we just would know how to communicate and the most importantly, we will feel safe expressing ourselves of who we truly are and we will be taken in and saying, oh, you know, it's different than you think, but hey, it's, it's okay if you think different, think different is good. But in our society, if we're so afraid of survival, that we're afraid to be open in a relationship and say, hey, you know, this is, doesn't work for me or this is how I would like this product to be presented to me. Uh, because we think if we're going to say something different than is expected of us we will be excluded from the group and hence we will die (laughs) so there is a lot of miscommunication because of feeling oh there is no security I don't feel safe to communicate in this and a a lot of times also depends on the culture and the family that the the kid grew up in there are many things that you're not supposed to even communicate what you feel like or like I'm not going to tell you this because this is this is gross or this is too personal or whatever it is. So there's so many of limitations about that has to do with communication that really starts in our childhood and then kind of like carries on to our whole life. And I wish there will be more teachings in school from early age where they say, this is how you communicate. You are safe to open up. But, you know, this is the future of our big earth, I hope.
0: Right. Man, that is incredible stuff. You can see how passionate you are about it, too. I love, it's, it's ironic that you bring that up, a shameless plug. I just, I just had a number one, so I, I'm an author as well. I have a number one bestseller out. And um, one of the reviews I read last night is I, this needs to be in our school curriculum. And the book's called DNA of a Winner. And it's just that, It. I mean, all the, the nuggets that you just shared in terms of being comfortable in your own skin, being self-aware, being a great communicator, being an advocate for yourself, just thinking like a champion, thinking like a winner, thinking like a champion doesn't have to be about athletics, right? It can be about life. I mean, it should be about life. Well, athletics shouldn't even be about athletics. Athletics, you learn so many lessons about life within it, but awesome stuff. Great, great share. So would you say when you, you came over from Lithuania, you're crushing it here. Was there a was there a pivotal moment once you got here that really kind of served as the the springboard to where you're you're at right now?
1: Yeah. So um, uh, when I came here, um, I I knew already that this is the land of opportunities, and mm-hmm. if I will work hard, I will will definitely succeed in whatever I want to. And of course, I was right. <laughs> but I was I, I used to do a lot of corporate work, and and I. As, as you know, if you start working and you're a good worker, they give you more work and I loved learning and they wanted to different projects so I told my supervisor i'm open for any work. Well, the, the issue was I had few supervisors so none of them were talking among themselves and what happened. I end up with so much work, I had no lunches uh, I worked like 60 hours a week or, or will come on the weekends, um, and I was eager to to learn more things but. Also, because I came from the environment, and um, my dad was an alcoholic, and um, I was only one child, so I came already with the childhood trauma of uh, pleasing people. So uh, it was great and fun at the beginning, but then I realized I don't even have time to go work out. I my 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 nutrition was very bad. And I was afraid to say, no, I was afraid to be out of the group. You know, like, we well, were just talking about that. Right. So I will agree with any coworkers. Somebody says, Hey, can you help me with this? I said, yes, I can help you with this. And I totally overworked myself so much that it impacted my health because, you know, uh, I had bad nutrition, zero uh, exercise. And, you know, I was like young and I'm like, I cannot believe this happening to me. I, I basically collapsed on the kitchen floor at the be emergency room and the, the, the diagnosis was like you just you just stop stressing out because I was trying to do so much and uh, I thought okay well that's not good and I don't want to take any medication and you know what, what kind of thing is this oh you just pop a pill and then you're fine I'm like nah and when I'm looking at the nature it's like well you know the grass is also struggling to grow when you when you walk on the path and somewhere you see you know the grass just grew through the concrete you thinking, wow, you know, it's amazing. This little grass grew through the concrete. That's how life is. So obviously stress exists in the nature the way we see stress, right? I'm like, I have to find a different way. So I went through a lot of uh, reading and coaching and to learn how to manage stress naturally. So then when I learn it, I just start sharing with everybody because as I say, stress management doesn't have to be stressful and it doesn't have to take hours. And um, I learned so many tips and tricks that you can make, you know, you can do all through your day that you don't end up collapsing at the end of it. And so I put a lot of all those techniques into my book, Chris, Stress While You Work. That's available on Amazon. And I also have a bunch of online courses that are um, about how to manage stress. if you're a business owner or you're a worker, or you work some for somebody else or during pandemic or for somebody who's struggling with addiction. And um, I have this online course for, all of them actually this year I started a membership. So anyone who's interested for any of those courses, they can get a membership that's $10 a month. It's like what Lottie mm-hmm. <laughs> have a lot in Starbucks, right? That's how they say. And um, so there's plenty of uh, little things that you do through the day that you, you still can be energized all through the day and be productive and take care of yourself and your body.
0: Oh, uh, you are fun. Totally off topic here. You 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 like to uh, you like to travel, and you like to eat when you travel. Is there you go to some town? What is it you're looking for in that town to eat? What is your favorite kind of restaurant?
1: Uh, I love to uh, see. Okay, for ex- for example, uh, when I was in, in Peru, we were in a small town. Um, the of course there was there was a plaza and plenty of restaurants. And there was this lady, she just came in, sat herself in her big bag on the chairs, uh, on the stairs, I'm sorry. And she pulled out this big uh, pot of soup. And she just, you know, she just sat that soup down and I'm thinking, I wonder what she's gonna do. And all the locals just kind of came along and gathered and she just poured the, you know, the, the cups and, and they were all just sitting on the same stairs. and and one holding a potato in one hand and another one one spoon and then and they're all like chatting and i'm like i want to eat that soup this is obviously really good because the locals know the hot spot yeah and i, I think what happens with a lot of foods and restaurants is uh the when whatever there is like authentic uh restaurant let's say opens in my town i mean, I live in houston right there was some sort of becomes authentic but then kind of starts reading into american style i understand you know you need to make money you need to feed your family you need to cater to the people but that's where the, that authentic taste really disappears because people oh i'm not used to that this is different so this mean is wrong i'm not gonna eat that i'm so surprised how there's so many americans i know go to a different country and they're eating only a chick-fil-a a pizza Hut, and mcdonald's right. It's like why are we going there if you don't right. eat the, somebody's food He's know like, when you go to somebody's house, what's the number one thing everybody do? They gather together in the kitchen, eat something, drink something, right? Somebody is cooking something. This is what the culture, this is what the, the heart of the community is. So I think if you're not gonna go, if you're gonna go and eat McDonald's in another country, it's like, why oh, no, don't you even go there? Just watch a movie about Europe and just go and eat McDonald's. So I think the food and, and cooking food, that's what brings people together. And I think that's what they love.
0: Nice. So on the topic of different, how do, you, how do you speak to a person that's sitting across the table from you that has so many gifts? They, they can't see it themselves. They have greatness inside them. They just, they're searching for greatness. They don't realize that greatness is already something that's inside. It's kind of like searching for purpose. You don't search for purpose. Purpose is already inside you. How do you talk to that person across from the table that they're just a little different? Maybe they're just a little quirky, Maybe they geek out on different things than, than you geek out or on or the people they hang out with geek out on. How do you convince them that their authentic self is good enough? How do you convince them to not stress out about being different or being abnormal? How do you, how do you talk to that person?
1: Well, first, I learned early that being different doesn't mean it's being wrong. And that's one of the things I think we need to change in our society. It's, it's, it's kind of funny when you think we all belong to a group. So if somebody is a little bit different, that immediately looks like, oh, they're against us. But that's not how it is. It's, it's the beauty of being something different. It's like, look at the nature. I would say, look at the nature. There's nothing perfect in the nature. Yes, there is a symmetry, there is uh, like the symphony, that kind of works all blends in together, but we all love different things naturally. That's why we want to try different foods. That's why we want to travel different places because if we will be always the same, they will be just really just disappear as humankind because th- through the adventure and through to wanting more that this is how we progress. And I think that's how universe is being created, right? By having a feeling that you want something new to create. I, I think that understanding needs to change among all of us that just because somebody doesn't, somebody thinks different, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. And different is the beauty of that. Um, I love talking with different people and see what they're up to. And I have clients who are stressing out, for example, in some job and they're like, well, but I have to, I have, to have a law firm. You know, my dad was a lawyer and I have to do this. And they are afraid to say no to the parent and say, no, you know what, I wanna be an artist. That's who I truly want. And they get sick, physically sick, because they are afraid to be excluded from the group. So if the parent will understand, hey, you know, the friend is not wrong, it's just different. And I will do, you go and do whatever makes you happy. That is uh, would be wonderful if we allow each other to do that. But I think with the relationships, especially with the authority, or let's say for a child and the parent, with the authority is the parent, the children are afraid to say no, but also the authority part uh, kind of, thinks, oh, if the child's gonna do right, this means it's a credit for me, I'm doing right, I'm doing good. And as soon we understand that there is no really hierarchy in the society and of any kind, we just are the way we are separate or together, beautiful and differences and it's okay. And this is what the symphony is the beauty of all this. Uh, If we will change that, of view everybody will be so much happier because then we don't have to please other people and we don't have to codepend with other people in order to survive and express ourselves and be uh, accepted the way we are and we'll be so much healthier and happier
0: right Oh, that's a great answer so man I hear you talking a lot about boundaries I mean I heard you talk earlier about yourself I mean your pivotal moment one of the pivotal moments being in the ER and they're basically telling you to quit stressing out, quit putting so much on your plate, that kind of stuff. And then you talk a little, you touched up on boundaries there. How do you convince someone? I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been this guy in my lifetime as well. Uh, I've gotten way, much better at it, but I have friends and colleagues and clients and people that come to me as well. How do you convince someone that's a workaholic or a person that's a perfectionist to set better boundaries? Because, these guys have a hard time believing that they can still be successful and not work 14-hour days. How do you convince that person?
1: So first of all we have to go deep down where is it coming from? Uh as we know perfection does not exist and the perfectionist i think one of those people who suffer the most because they're trying to uh they running in a wheel that never has an end because you you just paralyze yourself if you think like for example a book oh i'm not going to publish the book because it's not perfect well guess what it's never going to be perfect just give to a few editors and you will know how perfect it is because the more people the more opinions so opinion different is good so there is no wrong whatever you say that's what it is it's only between yourself in your relationship with yourself that you actually think that this is a done work so first of all it comes from somewhere this means why you continuously telling yourself that whatever you do is not good enough there is not good enough pattern comes from somewhere that probably you learn from your parent or your teacher or whatever that's probably associated with the childhood trauma for those who, like i was a workaholic and i thought well i just like pleasing people you know i just like to do work and and until i worked myself to the ground And later on, when I was studying addiction and helping my clients that are struggling with addiction, I realized, well, my, my, me being workaholic, it is an addiction. You know, I didn't get into smoking drugs and alcohol, but then I, I was dealing with my childhood trauma by pleasing others and not learning how to say no. Um, I would start with somebody who says, oh my gosh, I'm just so afraid to say no you know funniness we, you, you mentioned this because i have um online course that is for free and even though who does somebody doesn't want to sign up for my membership that's fine you can go to my website go online courses and it leads you there for very short video online course to teach you how you gradually go from afraid to say no and to that you can have boundaries everything starts from little steps but you uh, the key is you need to start. And as soon as you start saying no to somebody, you will see that, oh, it's not that bad. I actually, they were okay of me hearing no. And so then you you build on your confidence and then you can say no to bigger things. So start with someone that you don't know. For example, you're going in the mall. I mean, right now it's pandemic, so I haven't been to the mall forever, but I remember it used to be that there will be somebody selling you something And you know, you just try not even look at them, right? Well, why don't you just look at their face and say, no, thank you. Here, this is your first no, you know, and they like get used to that already like, okay. So then you start saying no to different projects and different people and and different things. For example, in the work environment, if let's say uh, somebody wants to give you work and they say, you need to do this as well. You just say, okay, do you want the speed or you want the quality? And what you're going to hear immediately, the supervisor will say, well, yeah, I want you this job to be done with quality. Then you say, that's why I'm going to say no to the new project, and I'm going to continue looking away to the one that I have now, so I can give you the product that you want. And then as soon people understand, oh, it's about quality, and you, by you telling me no to something, you don't really mean no to everything. Uh, you're just saying no to something that you can actually bring the quality to something else. Then they're like, oh yeah, of course, definitely. No, no, don't do this. I'll give it to somebody else. And you carry on with this one because we need the quality and being this project in time.
0: Wow, that is awesome. So we've only got like five minutes left, by the way. We're hauling. Lolita is on fire. Uh, <laughs> so what would you say the most saturated excuse you hear in terms of people are stressed out, they're talking with you. What is the what is the most saturated excuse you hear?
1: So the, the number one, 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 somebody comes already to me and, and they say, okay, help me, help me, kind of like, give me this red big button that I'm going to just push once and I'm <laughs> done with stress. Um, I, I say, okay, you need, it. And, he, and here's one, you know, one thing. You just take every day, every hour, just set yourself an alarm and uh, as soon as it rings, of course, if you're not driving, not operating heavy machinery, don't kill anyone. Just stop whatever you're doing, close your eyes, and say, you know, I'm just going to be like that for one minute. Just take one minute. Because stress is kind of the same like anything in, in our life. If you're going to hold your hand all day long, it's going to hurt. But if you're going to pick it up and then you put it down, pick it up, put it down, then you can manage that. So, and I say, take one minute, a, a, an hour one minute and you know what they tell me no you don't understand i don't have time for that i don't have time for that that is number one excuse that they hear and like did you even add up how many how much time you actually put into your day for nonsense things that actually hurt you and you find time for that so this means your priorities where are your priorities i don't have time for that the the thing that i have clients who especially women they come in they say I have to run. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a single mother. I don't have time to go for yoga. I don't have time to do this. And I'm like, you know, you can manage stress many, many ways without going to yoga. Let me tell you that, first of all. But uh, they say, I don't have time because I have to take care of those that I love. I need to run the household. I need to run the business. I need to take care of my kids, my parents. And they say, okay, so you say now you don't have time. What's going to happen when you getting sick because you will and you go in the hospital and you're plugged in over there who's going to take care of your family then who will it's like well nobody will take care of them exactly so by taking care of yourself you taking care of those that you love so you need to set your priorities you need to find your time even if it's five or ten or fifteen minutes
0: that is money i would agree um, yeah you can create time do you believe do you believe that people catch breaks or make the breaks would you repeat that do you do you believe you know there's people will say i can't catch a break do you believe that people catch breaks or they make their own breaks
1: they make their own breaks i think those that say oh i cannot catch a break is because they don't allow that happen to them it's obviously there is some underlining issue of like why are you thinking that you're not good enough
0: yeah yeah i i think it's i think that in itself is just an excuse I mean, there is such there is bad luck, but I don't think a winner uses that as an excuse. I don't. I think most people, when things happen, the first thing they should do is reflect. Like, how could we do this differently? What did we do well? How can we do it better? But generally speaking, you don't. You can make your breaks and prioritize, and that in itself could limit stress. So, uh, all right, just a couple questions, and we're we're shipping you loose. Where's, what's the favorite your favorite place that you've traveled to this point in your life?
1: I'll say Machu Picchu.
0: Okay, cool. What was it about that?
1: Because when you're all there in the mountains, you really don't see the technology anywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's the, the peace and the calm. And uh, I, I was very lucky that it was very sunny that day. <clears throat> so you can see far. And just being so close to god that you think wow that this planet is beautiful
0: that is awesome cool beans do you think that is there upside to stress i mean is there any upside to how about this is there is there upside to feeling down do you feel like there's upside when people are feeling down is there upside i think
1: it, it, it depends how long you're gonna feel down because anything you know we need the contrast in this life to see where we are right and what do we want there is no light without the darks but if you're going to sit constantly in the dark you, you will you'll be blinded by the light so i think everything is in moderation
0: yeah i'd agree uh, cool beans i really appreciate you joining us i feel like we could talk a lot longer you are fun sister <laughs> I, I, I listen to so you. I just I just smile listening to you talk. You're like a you're you're like the energizer bunny. You're just <laughs> you just get rocking and just uh <clears throat> so uh you do you have 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our listeners, five continent wide. Uh how can they out improve their previous best self? 30 to 45 seconds.
1: You have to be kind to yourself be kind to yourself, forgive yourself, do things, little things that make you happy all day long, and you'll be happier, and people around you will be happier as well.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you for spreading your kindness and, and, and taking the time out of your day to hang out with us, Lolita. Thank you. Awesome. Make it a great day.